Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly L.A. Rams podcast. We are a member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll get into other SoCal sports when it matters, but we're mostly about the L.A. Rams here. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Greetings, Ram fans. This is our last podcast before that big Sunday night opener against the Bears. We have tons to get through here. Jam-packed episode. We're going to have our updated power rankings. We're going to have our playoff predictions. And we have our week one NFL picks. We'll be doing that all year long. And most importantly, we have a complete preview of that opener against the Bears. One thing we will not have is a rundown of the roster and practice squad. We did that on our special drop last Thursday. Check it out if you missed it. We'll get through what has changed since last Thursday real quick because we have so much to cover here. The updated roster, you've all heard my review of that initial 53. Since then, Chris Garrett moved to the COVID list. Johnny Hecker comes off the COVID list. And Okoronko and Tremaine Ankrum go to short-term IR, so they can both come back in three weeks. So they still actually have openings on that 53-man roster. They did a one-for-one swap, Garrett and Hecker, and two guys go to short-term IR. So right now they have 51 on the roster. Coleman Shelton and Chris Garrett are on the COVID list, and Tremaine Ankrum and Okoronko are on the short-term IR. So Shelton and Garrett coming back off that COVID list would get us back to 53. Additions to the practice squad, defensive back Antoine Brooks. He was on the Steelers' active roster last year. He's out of Maryland, 210-pound defensive back. Guard Jared Hawker, a big guard, played for what was said to be the best O-line in college last year, Texas A&M. He was an undrafted free agent in the Seahawks camp released by them, so if nothing else, maybe we'll get some intel from Jared. And running back Buddy Howe out of Florida Atlantic, 6-1-2-18. And I imagine the Rams wanted a big back in their practices, someone for that defense to hammer on a little bit. You don't want to be throwing Sony and Daryl at those guys, so hope you're up to it, Buddy Howe. Some other news, Josh Norman was just signed by the Niners. Tells you how they feel about their secondary. I love Jason Verrett. After that, Jimmy Ward is 30 years old. Norman is 33. So I suspect the 49ers may be a little bit concerned about their back end there. I wanted to touch on baseball real quick. Hey, I was wrong about Albert Pujols. I said many weeks ago, I didn't see what he was going to bring to the Dodgers, how he was going to help. Since then, 10 home runs, 34 RBIs. He's their go-to guy against left-handed pitching. And now with A.J. Pollock out for two to three weeks with a hamstring injury, Albert becomes even more important. Cody Bellinger seems like a pure liability at this point. I'm missing Kiki Hernandez, Jock Peterson, and Alex Verdugo right now. Dodgers-Giants battling it out. Looks like it's going to go down to the end. Fun to watch those two teams getting a lot of national airtime, and how about UCLA knocking off LSU at the Rose Bowl. We finally got an SEC team to travel to California, to travel to the West Coast, to 
go across a couple time zones and take on a Power 5 team. Of course, it took a hurricane for that to happen. And sure enough, the SEC team gets hammered. That was fun to see. Maybe Chip Kelly finally has it figured out. What's up first? Our updated final preseason power rankings. Let's update our power rankings, shall we? I got a little bit of movement in the middle of our power rankings since last time. Just undecided on a lot of these teams from 10 through 20. You could throw these names up in the air and see how they land. And I don't think you'd get too much argument from anyone. We're going to learn a lot more about these teams first couple weeks of the season. But this is how I have them now. I'll count from the bottom up. The Texans are holding on to that number 32 spot. 31 is the Eagles and 30 is the Lions. I think the Lions could end up being better than we think. I think Jared Goff could be better than we think. He's certainly going to be extremely motivated. And good for him if he can get some wins for the Lions this year. As long as it's not against us, maybe he can lead them to wins over the Seahawks, Cardinals, and Niners. That would be nice. 29 is the Jets. I'd love their young quarterback. 28, the Broncos. As we saw in that final preseason game, their defense is not going to be a problem. I have some serious questions about their offense. Neither of those quarterbacks really get me excited. 27 is the Jags. They have some weird stuff going on there, but they also have a very talented rookie quarterback. I wish we were playing them earlier in the season, actually, because they may be squared away by midseason, or their coach could already be on the hot seat. We'll see. 26 is the Bengals. 25 is the Giants. 24, the Las Vegas Raiders. And 23, the Washington football team. Excellent defense. Not sure what else they have going on, though. Nothing excites me about that team except that defense. 22 is the Falcons. And these next 10 teams, to be frank with you, I really struggled with. I had them ordered six, seven different ways, finally settled on this, but I'm already second-guessing myself as I go through this list, but this is what I'm sticking with for now. 22 Falcons, 21 Bears, 20 Vikings. Are they going to bounce back? Last year was an aberration, I think. 19 is the Saints without Drew Brees. It'll be interesting to see what Winston can do if he can avoid all those turnovers that he had with the Buccaneers. 18 is the Patriots. I'm starting to like that Mac Jones at quarterback. He may turn out to be the find of this draft. 17 is the Panthers. And yes, I'm kind of high on the Panthers, higher than most. I think they're going to end up higher than this. That Sam Darnold, the Dan Arnold connection, we're going to be hearing about that a lot. I just like saying that, actually. But look for the uh, Panthers. Um, I don't think they're going to stay at 17. I think they'll be on the rise. 16 is the Steelers. They're always in the mix. 15 is the Cardinals. I know they're improved. I'm just not sure how much. And I am not as big a fan of Kyler Murray as most. Number 14 is the Colts. They have a really strong roster. I'm just not sure about Carson Wentz yet. 
He'll be coming back eventually, game one, two, or three. We don't know yet, but this rating is with Carson Wentz at the helm. Number 13 is the Cowboys. The arrow's up on them. They have a lot of weapons now. 12 is the Miami Dolphins, another team I like more than most. 11, the Chargers, another great roster, great young quarterback. Brandon Staley, I think he's going to get it done. 10 is the Cleveland Browns, and as I mentioned last time when we did this, some folks have the Browns in a 2, 3, or 4 slot. I'm not quite there yet with the Browns, but they're a very good team. 9, the Tennessee Titans, another team that I'm a little higher on than most. Number 8, the Seattle Seahawks. I think they're actually a worse team than last year, but I'm never going to count out the Seattle Seahawks. I've done it before, and I was wrong. They certainly have a great set of receivers and a fantastic quarterback. I think they have a lot of other issues on this roster, though. Number seven, the Baltimore Ravens. Great regular season team. I'm sure they'll end up in the playoffs. I'm not sure how far they'll go, though. Number six, the 49ers. Everybody's high on the Niners, including me. They're healthy. They have a great roster, incredible defense, one of the best tight ends in the league. They had a little bit of a quarterback controversy already, though. And they haven't really put together very many winning seasons recently, but maybe this is the year they bounce back, give the Rams a run for that division title. That's what I'm predicting. Number five, the Buffalo Bills. They're on their way up, I think, trying to establish themselves as a power in the AFC. I think they have an excellent shot at going to the Super Bowl. Number four, the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is back. Guy is so talented. I expect them to win that division. Number three, our Los Angeles Rams. Top-heavy roster, yeah, but they're also very deep. Solid 53-man roster they're going to throw at everybody. Matthew Stafford at the helm. What's not to like about the Los Angeles Rams? Number two, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're still a scary team. Patrick Mahomes in the prime of his career now. Number one, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, they won the Super Bowl. I think the playoff schedule was to their liking. They have no drop-off on their roster. Everybody's coming back pretty much. They got Tom Brady back there. But I don't think they're unbeatable. And actually, I'd rather play the Bucs than the Chiefs. I think the Rams match up well against the Bucs, and they beat them pretty soundly last year And one of the Rams' better efforts. So the Chiefs scare me more, but, you know, you got to give the Bucs credit. They won when it mattered. They got a great roster up and down. Rams, Bucks, and that NFC Championship for the third time. Love to see it. I'd like our chances. That's our final rankings before the regular season starts. We'll update this periodically when it's obvious we need to. Rams up. On the Pigskin Podcast Network. A natural follow-up to our power rankings is our playoff predictions. 
I'm going to start off with the AFC. I have my four divisional winners, the Buffalo Bills, Baltimore Ravens, Tennessee Titans, and Kansas City Chiefs. Probably the only surprise there, perhaps, is the Titans over the Colts. Colts are already dealing with injuries to two of their better players, Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz. I like the Titans' style of play. Brian Tannehill is underrated. I think the Chiefs will hold off the Chargers. The Bills are clearly the best team in their division. And the Ravens, they'll have a battle on their hands, but as I've always said, best regular season team in the league, and they'll come out on top again. My three wild cards, the Miami Dolphins, the Cleveland Browns, and the Los Angeles Chargers. I love Brian Flores, the coach of the Dolphins. Kind of a strange quarterback situation there, but he's a good coach, good defense. And their schedule is not too formidable, pretty light. They're going to take advantage of that. Cleveland Browns, a lot of people have them. As I mentioned in our power rankings, a lot of people had them as high as three, I think. They play the entire NFC East, plus they get the Bengals twice, the Jets and the Lions. So they have a pretty good path to the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win the division, but they'll be a wild card almost certainly. And the Chargers, Brandon Staley, finally turns that snake-bitten franchise around. We'll see them in the playoffs fairly likely as well. I see the Bills coming out on top as the number one seed. They'll get a bye the first week of the playoffs. The seventh seed at Browns will take on the second seed Chiefs, and the Chiefs come out on top. Baker and Mayfield not quite ready for prime time against Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. The three-seed, the Titans, knock off the six-seed, the Miami Dolphins. That'll be an old-school playoff game, kind of smash-mouth with the Titans winning going away. And I see the Chargers as the five-seed going to Baltimore and beating the Ravens and advancing. And their reward is they go to Buffalo for their second straight cold-weather game, and they lose to the Bills and perhaps going chalk at this point, the Chiefs knock off the Titans. Bills Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Bills come out on top. A minor changing of the guard, at least for one year. And the Bills advance to the Super Bowl. In the NFC, the divisional champions. Green Bay Packers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dallas Cowboys, and the Los Angeles Rams. And actually... I feel pretty confident about all four of those, and it might be the Rams that get threatened the most of those four, for a divisional title anyways. The wild cards, the Vikings, 49ers, and as I've hinted before, a team I'm kind of high on, the Carolina Panthers. Panthers get the NFC East, they get the Falcons twice, the Texans, so a lot going for them schedule-wise, and the Niners That last place schedule, what an advantage. They get the Eagles, Lions, Texans, Bengals, Jags. They're a good team, and I expect with that schedule, they're going to rack up at least 10 wins. And the Vikings, I I was tempted to take an additional team out of the West, or possibly even the South, but it's very unlikely that three teams will come out of the same division, and that's why I, I leaned on the Vikings Remember, going into last year, they were 
a very good team. And things just kind of fell apart on them, especially defensively. I think they bounce back a little bit, get themselves into the playoffs. The number one seed is the Bucks. They have a very easy schedule, one of the easiest in the league, including the entire NFC East. So they'll be the number one seed. The Rams host the Vikings in the opening round and knock them off, of course. And the Packers, the number three seed, take care of the Panthers in Green Bay. Packers always taking advantage of that cold weather home field. And the Cowboys get by the Niners. Uh, I like the Niners a lot, as you've probably figured out. But the Cowboys are hosting this game as a divisional champ. Have a lot of weapons. Mike McCarthy has figured it out by now. Dak Prescott is healthy. And the Cowboys advance. Now, granted, I'm one of those people who tell you the Cowboys are always overrated. Everybody always has higher expectations than they should for the Cowboys. This year, in that weak division, and with the talent they have on offense, I think they actually have a good shot of getting this far, and that's why I have them here. The next round, the Cowboys travel to Tampa Bay and come out with the win. The Packers play the Rams in a rematch of last year, this time in sunny Southern California, this time with a healthy Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup, and this time with a very talented quarterback, Matthew Stafford. You guessed it. Rams get their revenge in advance to the NFC Championship game. The third time they will play the Bucks in the NFC Championship. The preceding two times, the Rams won and advanced to the Super Bowl. There was the shutout back in 79, and there is a Ricky Pro catch in 1999. This time, the Rams win again and advance to the Super Bowl to face the Buffalo Bills. This game will be played at SoFi, Buffalo Bills versus the Los Angeles Rams. It will be a fun matchup. Remember, these teams played early in the 2020 season, and that was the game where the Rams stormed back from a big deficit. Jared Goff had a big game. Looked like the Rams were going to pull it off. One of the greatest comebacks in their history. And then that flag on Darius Williams at the end of the game gave the Buffalo Bills an extra play, new life, and they capitalized and beat the Rams. This time a different story. The Rams are a better team than they were at that point. And they come out on top in what will probably be a somewhat high-scoring game. Josh Allen's going to do some damage with his legs and his arm, but it's not going to be enough. That Ram defense puts the squash on him, and the Rams come away with their second Super Bowl championship, your 2021 NFL champions, the Los Angeles Rams. No bias here. That's how I see it going down. You heard it here first. So let's preview this Ram-Bear game. Two good defenses and one pretty good offense and one offense that's probably going to be trying to find itself in the early going. Close look at the Bears. They got a good defense. Everybody knows that. Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson. One linebacker, Danny Trevathan, will not be playing. He's been put on short-term IR. 
and he'll be replaced by our old friend Alec Ogletree. And don't forget, the Bears also have Robert Quinn, so two old friends will be visiting the Rams Sunday night. And I will say a couple things about Alec Ogletree. Uh, He had his weaknesses, especially in pass coverage. I always loved his style of play, though. Very ferocious linebacker. Never forget that sideline scuffle with Odell Beckham Jr. And another thing about Alec Ogletree, we had two opportunities to interface with Rams players once at a Saints-Rams game at the Coliseum and another time in Irvine. And I have to tell you, Alec Ogletree was the friendliest and most engaging Ram player that I've ever encountered. He took selfies with us, exchanged jokes, just a really great guy. For that reason, I'm always pulling for him. Great guy, lots of fun. Love Alec Ogletree. The big news in Bears camp is who's starting. It appears that it will be Andy Dalton rather than the rookie Justin Fields. Probably a smart call by them. Dalton's an experienced quarterback, though, and he'll offer some challenges for the Rams. Bears have some offensive weapons, too. Allen Robinson and David Montgomery, the wide receiver and running back, respectively, both super talented. Robertson went off for 102 receptions and 1,250 yards and six TDs last year. Montgomery, in his two years, has 1,959 yards and 14 TDs, and he's a threat out of the backfield in the receiving game as well. 79 receptions for 623 yards and three TDs over his first two seasons. And then last year's rookie, Darnell Mooney, He's the one that you might remember was poking fun at Jalen Ramsey. That one play, you can find video of that where he supposedly burned Jalen for a long pat. It was actually an incompletion, but nonetheless, Mooney thought it was a pretty big deal. So it'll be interesting to see if those two get into it. I suspect they will. The biggest issue with the Bears is their offensive line. It is not considered to be very good. They gave up 36 sacks last year. They went out in the draft and tried to replenish it a little bit. They drafted two offensive linemen in this past draft, one in the second round and one in the fifth, Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum. Neither of them will be starting, however. So I think the Rams will be able to get after Dalton, but David Montgomery in that passing game will be the Bears' counter to that, I assume. The other draft picks this year, Justin Fields, we mentioned in the first round, Running back Khalil Herbert out of Virginia Tech in the sixth. They had two other six-round picks, two guys I actually really liked. I thought the Rams may take a flyer on either or both of them. Wide receiver Daz Newsom out of North Carolina and cornerback Thomas Graham Jr. out of Oregon. And in the seventh round, defensive tackle Kyrus Tonga. I don't think any of these guys will be a factor in the Sunday night game unless things go really sideways for Dalton and Justin Fields gets thrown to the Wolves. Bears lead this series 54-38, to three ties. The Bears dominated the 1940s and 1960s, so if you, th- if you throw out those two decades, it's pretty close. Rams have won the last two, 24-10 and 15-7, both in L.A. Bears are pretty good at keeping the clamps on the Rams' offense for the most part. Remember, they were the ones that supposedly figured out the McVay offense and their approach, their tactics, their strategy in that game in 2018 
was something some of the other teams copied, including the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Interestingly, the Rams last year outgained the Bears by 730 yards, but only scored three more TDs. Both teams scored 372 points. Dead tie. We know the Rams have a good D, and the Bears isn't too shabby too with those stars we mentioned. They were very balanced on defense. 11th overall, 15th against the rush, 12th against the pass. Remember, the Rams had 53 sacks on the year. The Bears had 35. As for the Rams, I'll be interested to see how this defense looks. More schematically than anything else, I'm not really too concerned about the new guys on defense, specifically Taylor Rapp and David Long taking the spots of John Johnson and Troy Hill. I'm curious to see if there's any schematic changes brought in by Raheem Morris, but I'm also interested to see if they use Jalen Ramsey differently. There have been hints in camp that there may be a surprise or two coming. Is he going to be playing more of a freelance blitzing safety type of role? We'll have to see. Might not see it right away, but I think we're going to see something new from Jalen Ramsey this year. On the offensive side, we got a new quarterback. We have Deshaun Jackson. Offensive line looks pretty steady. Be curious to see how Brian Allen holds up. That'll be critical to our success against that Bears defense. And the usage of Henderson and Michelle, of course, that'll probably be evolving. I would expect Henderson to get most of the action against the Bears, but I'm curious to see how it is divided up. It could depend on just how the game evolves. If the Rams get an early lead and seem to be in control of the game, we might see more of Sony Michelle, a little bit more of a heavy-duty back. And the receiver sets, Van Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson. Who do the Rams run out there? Tyler Higby, will Bryson Hopkins get some targets? So to be really curious to see, since we didn't see these guys in the preseason, and Matthew Stafford, let's hope he gets off to a great start. I think he's going to have connections with these receivers, Woods, Cup, and Tyler Higby especially, and get that vertical game back that's been missing for a couple of years, it seems. And the fearsome four keys to victory. What do the Rams need to do to beat the Bears? Well, when you have a team like the Bears that's got a very good defense with an offense that has some question marks, what are they going to do? They're going to try to shorten the game. They're going to try to move the chains as slowly as possible at times. And the counter to that is to contain David Montgomery. Don't let the Bears shorten the game. Keep the clamps on Montgomery in the running game. Don't let them slide out for these screen passes that the Rams seem to be susceptible to at times. If they do that, I think the Rams will be in really good shape. Here's some key number two. We know the Bears' offensive line is weak. we got to take advantage of that. We must put extreme pressure on Andy Dalton. We can't let him stand back there, and I don't expect us to. But if we, for some reason, cannot get pressure on Andy Dalton the way we should, that will be a recipe for a much closer game than it needs to be. For some key number three to beating the Bears. Don't allow any splash plays. I mean, we can live with a turnover or even two. Those things are going to happen, and those things you can overcome. But no huge game changers. No fumbled punts at your own 15-yard line. No turnovers in the red zone. Get out of there with a field goal if you have to. Don't let Allen Robinson let loose for a 70-yarder. Just no big splash plays. No gigantic game-changing turnovers. 
steady football, hold on to the ball, convert your scoring chances, and the Rams will be okay. Here's some key to victory number four. And this one isn't so much specific to this game, but it will really set the tone for the whole season. And that's the Rams need to get one good vertical play. That was what they brought in Deshaun Jackson for. That is why they drafted Tutu Atwell. And the Rams need to establish that. It'll obviously go a long ways to helping them win this game, but it'll also go a long ways to helping them win ensuing games. If they can establish this vertical threat, if they can show other teams that this vertical threat is real, it's going to pay gigantic dividends for the Rams' offense moving forward. And I have a bonus here. I first some for key number five, if that makes any sense. And it's really just about red zone efficiency. And this, is, this kind of falls into the vertical play thought process as well. Being efficient in the red zone early in the season, it establishes a confidence in your team, a mindset among your offense that, hey, we're inside the 25. We're going to put this in the end zone. If you can do that early in the season in these early games, it can carry on for the rest of the season. So I'd like to see that. But there's a a little addendum I'd like to add to that. Against the Bears, field goals might be okay. Sure, you want to convert those red zone opportunities, but you also just want to put points on the board because you might not need a lot of points. So these fourth and ones from the 21, maybe just go ahead and kick the field goal. We'll be pulling for you, Matt Gay. But So I'm kind of torn on that. You want red zone efficiency, but against the Bears, field goals might be okay. My prediction, I think the Bears are going to keep this close enough to keep it interesting into the fourth quarter. We're not going to be able to relax and throw our feet up on the couch with eight minutes left in the game. But I think the Rams are going to win. I think they win 23-16. I'd love to see them get a three-touchdown buffer by the fourth quarter so we can all relax, but I'm not so sure it's going to happen with this Bear defense and with these weapons the Bears have. They do have some weapons. I don't know if the Rams are going to keep the clamp on them the entire game. Should be interesting. And I also think the fact that the Rams have not played their starters throughout the preseason, I like that idea. But it also lends itself to some unsteady play on offense especially, so we can expect that. I don't expect the Rams to be a fine-tuned machine, especially in the first half. So that'll hold them back a little bit. I still think they come away with the win. So I'll stick with that. Rams go to 1-0, beating the Bears 23-16. It's time for our Rams Up, Straight Up NFL Picks. Let's close things out with our Week 1 Picks. We'll be tracking this all year long, seeing how we do compared to these experts across the country. I have a couple in mind, especially, that I would like to compare to. I think I can measure up pretty well against them, but we shall see. Let's start with that Thursday night game. Cowboys at the Buccaneers. I'm going to take the Buccaneers. However, if memory serves me correctly, the Brady Patriots often struggled early in the air, but I don't think Arians is going to let that happen, so I'll stick with the favored Buccaneers. Steelers at Bills. I'll go with the Bills. Jets at the Panthers. Panthers are one of my sleeper teams, as you heard earlier. I picked them for a wild card spot. 
they'll take care of the Jets. Jags at Texans. Wow. That that's uh kind of a coin toss, but I guess I'll go with the Jags, two teams in disarray, apparently. Cardinals at Titans. I think the Titans take care of business and a loss to one of our NFC West rivals. Chargers at the Washington football team. That's a long flight to open the season with. Washington has a stellar defense, but I like the Chargers and Brandon Staley in his debut. Take the Chargers in that one. Vikings at Bengals. The Vikings begin their bounce back season with a win on the road. 49ers at the Lions. This is a bad matchup for Jared Goff, a team that he struggled against with the Rams. Niners have a great defense, and this is not a good matchup for the Lions, so I'll go with the Niners. Eagles at Falcons. I'm going to roll with Atlanta on that one. Seahawks at Colts. This one I was really torn on. I feel like the Seahawks are going to find a way to win. Some crazy bounce at the end of the game, a weird call. Something's going to happen. Something weird's going to happen. But you know what? I'm going to go with the Colts. I think they're the better roster, the better team, but I'll take the Colts. Browns at Chiefs, two teams expected to compete for that AFC title. I'll go with the Chiefs. Dolphins at Patriots. A lot of people are getting on that Mac Jones, Bill Belichick bandwagon, but I'm sticking with Brian Flores and the Dolphins. Broncos at Giants. That's kind of a strange game. Two teams that I really don't have a good read on. I think they're both going to have down years, but I'll go with the Giants in this one at home. When in doubt, take the home team. I'll go with the Giants. Green Bay at New Orleans. Aaron Rodgers versus Jameis Winston. I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Bears, Rams. Don't even ask. Baltimore Ravens at the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to go with Baltimore. The Raiders still have not fixed their problems on defense. So there you have it. And if you're in a Survivor League, I'll share my pick with you, and that would be the Carolina Panthers. There won't be a lot of weeks. They will be a solid favorite. This is one of them. I'm in a two-strike league, so taking a little bit of a chance, see if I can get ahead of the curve. That's my Survivor pick. That's going to do it for this episode, folks. Next week, we will have a recap of the Ram Bear game. Hopefully, that will be a happy episode. Good times for the LA Rams. And please, subscribe and give us that five-star rating. We really appreciate it. And remember, you can reach out to us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And you can visit our website at laramsup.com. Have a great week, everybody, and remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.